Well, you guys are looking great. You're looking good. You look happy. You sound good. You sound healthy. Are y'all in good moods today? It's always much better if you're in a good mood when I speak because then, then everything I say is good. Right? Like if not, then you're in a bad mood and you go home. You're like, man, that message didn't really even do anything for me. I didn't even get anything out of that. I don't even know if we want to go back there. No, that's just when you're cranky and hungry, right? Well, hey, we've been in a series called Goals, and we're starting the year off with this series. I really believe that it's one that is helping us as a church and really as individuals to kind of just set the course for where we're going and, and think about some of the questions that we really should be asking ourselves as the new year begins. So let me start by saying this. Last week, I asked you the question, what are you chasing? And this week, I want to ask you the question, what are you connected to? And I want you to think about that. I want you to think about checking the connections of your life and checking whom and what you are connected to the most and the deepest. All of us could say, well, I'm connected to my spouse or I'm connected to my kids. Well, we're going to dive into that and we're going to really kind of take a look uh, under the magnifying glass and kind of see just what God has to say about our connections. Amen? How many of you ever plugged in a phone before or an iPad or a computer and you plug it in and you go to sleep and then you wake up and your phone has 2%? And that fear and that frustration of, I'm not on time. Do I have a charger in the car? Why? Why are we feeling that way? It's because we weren't connected. We, we didn't check our connections to make sure we were connected. So we were in the presence of something that could connect us, but we weren't really connected. And so what it's causing now is a lack of power in our phone. And in the same way, if you think about it, a lot of people live life that way. They have access to things that could really empower them, but they're not really connected, right? Kind of like me with, with some, some weights in the garage, but I've been glorifying in God's things called tortillas lately, more than I've been glorifying in the weights, more than I've been celebrating. They're present in my life, but I've not been connected to them. Can anybody feel my struggle today? Anybody feel it's okay to be connected to tortillas, both flour and corn? Because God likes diversity out there. He didn't just say, I'm not going to give you one tortilla. I'm going to give you two tortillas. My wife's sick today. She's not feeling good, so I'm going to get away with all kinds of craziness. It's going to be good. I don't have the eyes piercing me today. It's important to examine what we're chasing in life, especially at a time like this in the beginning of the year. And really examine what we're chasing because what we're chasing actually shows us what we're really wanting to be connected to. And what we're really connected to actually builds out a life for us and establishes an end result for us where someday we look back and we can say, that's what we were connected to the most. In all honesty, I was, I was actually watching this documentary about Coach Bilicic uh, last, last night before the Texans game, and I'm, I'm looking at this coach who's been connected to football. He, he eats, sleeps, and breathes football. He's just a machine. He's just nonstop. So for other people, there's an off-season. For him, there's not an off-season. He's connected. That's why he's had so many wins, and he's one of the winningest coaches ever in football. And so if you think about it, your connection to something actually produces something beyond your connection. Your connection to something produces, there's productivity 
there's movement, there's forward movement in your life because what you're connected to will produce something. Think about it. If you have a piano teacher and your piano teacher is good, it has the results to make you a good piano player. And someday, someday you can look back and say, it was the piano teacher that I was connected to. If, there's a, if you're healthy, there's a fitness coach or someone who really helped you. You see this even with, with uh, sports players. Well, they'll, they'll talk when they win a championship or they win an award about who they were connected to in the past. A high school coach, a college coach, someone that believed in them, a father or a mother, or someone who just spoke something in their life that connected them to their purpose or connected them to what God had for them or, or the future that God had for them. But here's the thing about church and being connected to church. What's challenging is that a lot of people, and with Christianity in general, is many people will be present but not connected. So they'll go to church for years, and I'm just speaking of, of of people I've known for years that, that for you know, maybe decades will, will be in church and, and they love Jesus and they love their family and they're not bad people. They're not going to be you know, on Satan's waiting list next to get in, into hell. But there's just this thing where they're present, but they're not really connected. There's no roots. There's no depth yet that has, has connected them. And they don't know that until the storm blows in them. And they don't really know that. And, and then people, when they're shocked by some of the things that happen in their life, they look back and say, but I've been in church for 20 years or I've been a Christian for 30 years. And the truth is, many areas of their life, they were present, but they weren't really connected. I want us to think deeper about that today, right? Some of us would say when it comes to what we're chasing it's producing something in our life, right? We're, we're all supposed to be chasing some things that would benefit our lives. We want a great family, so we're, we're chasing after the tools that will make us a better parent, the prayers that will make us a better parent, the skills and, and the life lessons that will make us a better parent or, or a better businessman or a better, a better student. There's always something that we're chasing after, and that kind of shows us what we're connected to. But, you know, what's interesting is some people will say, you know, well, if, if you go too far with things, uh, what's going to happen is, is things are going to get out of balance. And you, it's just about balance. Life is just about balance. But what's challenging with that statement is that everybody else's balance is subjective. So what's balanced for you may not be balanced for me. And, and what somebody says when it comes to their marriage, the way they treat their spouse and what they find is balance, sometimes I've, I've found as abusive, <laughs> And unhealthy. Not that I'm the perfect husband, but, but I'm just saying, it's subjective. Can I get an amen? You, you, your great balance of what you think is balanced about, about money, about life, about kids, about destiny, about your purpose. If we just say, well, it's all about balance, well, then, then we could agree to disagree on things. So that's why I think it's not about balance. I think it's about getting God's heart on what we're connected to. If I'm connected to money, then I need to know God's heart on what I'm connected to when it comes to money. If it's about family, what is God's heart for me and the way I lead my family? It's about leadership. I can't just say, well, I've studied all the great leaders in the world. Well, what does the greatest leader, Jesus, say about my leadership? And am I connected to what he says? Not just what everybody else thinks. Romans chapter 12 says this. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. If you look at that last part of the statement, all of us to some degree are probably shooting for the will of God somehow, some way. Even if you haven't put it in those terms, 
You want the will of God for your life. You don't want to wander through life. You don't want to end up lost in life. You want the will of God for your life. And you're looking for what is acceptable to God and and really what's perfect in his sight. But he's saying you're not going to get that if you're thinking like the world. If the society shapes what you say and the society shapes what you think. And we notice that society changes every decade. There's another change, right? Racism was okay at one point in, in the century. If we just went with so what society said, we'd have been okay with that as the church. And some people in the church were not cool. You better give me an amen on that one. And so as we move forward, we start to see that society changes their mind about things. God doesn't change his mind about things. God doesn't change his mind about his love for people. And here's what I want us to understand about the world today, that everything in the world today is pulling you and I away from the things God is trying to connect us to. Every force, every demon in hell, every demonic force, every, every opinion, every visual, everything is, is pulling us away from, or all the forces are working against us really connecting to the things that just matter to God. Wouldn't it be nice if every influence in our life that was negative and distracting and, and pulled us away from, from, from God and from godly thinking could, could just be eliminated just like that? Wouldn't it be much easier to, leave, to live life? Well, the truth is that's not reality. We're all going to have to be in a battle. And we can all become stronger in the battle to not be swayed by things that get us off and keep us from being connected and being powered up. 1 John chapter 5, 21 says this, keep yourself free from idols. We don't have idols today in the sense that we carve out wooden idols or we chisel them. But what God would say to us today is that the idols of our mind, the idols in our hearts, the things that we, we in a sense, idolize, that we worship, the things that, that really try to pull all of our attention towards connecting us to them are the things we want to keep free from. Unless are the things that God says are important. Galatians chapter 1 verse 10 says, Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? The apostle Paul had an understanding that society is going to have an influence on what I think and what I say. And he knew that people were going to be subjected to a pounding constantly of influences that are opposite of how God thinks. And so Paul at some point in his life had to say, okay, am I really trying to win the opinion of what people think or am I trying to please God? Now, I know all of us to some degree will say and probably even teach our kids, don't worry what people think. But the truth is people think and what they say is what they say. And what they think is what they think. And what they gossip about is what they gossip about. And what they slander about is what they slander about. So we have to understand, we kind of do care what people think, but we don't want to be ruled by what people think. Does that make sense this morning? Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? In other words, have I drawn the line in my own life about who and what I'm going to be connected to? About what God says about my future and what God says about his love and what God says about money. Am I connected to those things? I know what society says about marriage, that there are starter marriages and we can go through two or three or four or five or ten. Who cares? You can marry a new palumpa for all you want. But at the end of the day, what does God say about your marriage, about your future? And you may be present in understanding that you've heard something about that, but are you really connected to it? Because when you're connected to it, it'll power you up. 
it'll charge you up. Let me ask you this. Are you certain that what you're chasing right now is actually what God has for your life? That's a big question. Just kind of dropped it on you and you're kind of like, okay, I'm not sure what to answer that question. Let me ask it again. Let me ask it in this context. The things that you're chasing after and the things that you really feel you're most connected to that are most important, you know, 2.3 cars, 2.3 kids, two dogs, three dogs, whatever you have, the fence, the the size of the house, everything that, that maybe you've even imagined is what your life should be. Is that based on just what everybody else is thinking and what everybody else is doing and what everybody else has said? Because for many of us, are you telling me to sell my house, Daniel? No, I'm not telling you to sell your house. I'm just telling you, what do you value and why do you value it? Have you checked the connection to why you're working so hard to have something and even thought that, man, did God even do this or is this just me trying to keep up with everybody else? Is this just me because my parents will think something about me? I know guys that, that, that uh, well, I'll say a guy. I don't know a lot of guys, but I know one guy who, who, who married a girl, came from a very wealthy family, and now he's spinning the wheels. That, that's his goal. He has to keep this, this um, level of life that she's used to. It's like, you signed up for it, bro. <laughs> Get someone a little easier, right? <laughs> someone, that, that would have been my strategy. I mean, that, that's going to be 70 hours a week to keep up this level. I, I want a life. I want to watch a football game. I want to eat a taco. I don't want to spend my life working. I'm just telling you how I think. Janelle's easy going, man. Like, if we're, we're, if we're rich, if we're poor, if we're working through it, we're working through it. God is on our side. But, but I'm not under this pressure that, that she makes me do something. Like, I have a, I'm one of the hardest working guys I know, but, but it's never because of that. Does that make sense? And some people are living under these, these weights and these goals and these impressions upon them and, and this oppression upon them. And I think, what, what, why are you doing that? Why are you spending all your 20s or your 50s doing, doing that? Why are you even connected to that? I'm just saying it's good to check your connections, Right? Goals come down to what you set your heart on. Goals show you what you're chasing. Goals give you something to reach for. And we're all reaching for more or better of what we already have. Right? If you have money, you want more money. If you have a house, you sometimes dream of a better house. If you have a car, once it's a couple of years old, you start thinking of a better car. The question is, should you really be connected to all of that? Should, should the materialism and, and, and all the pressure of what the world says is important really weigh down on you? I want to point you today to goals that not only please God, but goals that bring peace into your life and they'll help set boundaries for you so that you can stay on the course with God. Colossians chapter 3, this is where we started last week. This amazing verse. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God and set your mind on things above. In other words, set your heart and set your mind, two separate things. Set the heart first because the heart's going to regulate the mind. Let Christ fill the heart because Christ can regulate the mind if he changes the heart. Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. 
I want to give you another version of that. It's the message version. It's the message translation. It says, if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't, don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around in Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. He is your life. He is your life. He is your life, not what you have, not what you're shooting for, not where you'll end up, not if you meet every goal, not if all your dreams come true. That's not your life. He is your life. He is your life. If he is your life, your kids can see that he is life. If everything else is your life, your kids will see that that's what's valuable, that's what's important. And it's good to have an understanding that the things God brings into our life, we have good stewardship over and we move forward and we take care of them, but they're not our life. They're not our life. This was the Apostle Paul encouraging the church in this particular city to focus their hearts and minds on what Jesus had become in their lives. He was calling them to action and he was saying, I want you to see who Christ is in your life, and I want to remind you of that, which is pretty much what, what I'm trying to do to you today. I want to remind you what Christ has become in your life. He was saying that anything and everything that mattered before was basically nothing compared to what God had now. That their past life before, and he even goes on the chapter, and he talks about a lot of different things. He goes, before you were full of rage and before you were, you were full of anger and before you were full of unforgiveness and, and bitterness and you got revenge on people. When you didn't get your way, you went into a rage and when things didn't go your way, you, you would quit and you'd get offended and, and you'd, you'd, you'd seek this to get yourself in the first place instead of letting God be your defender and there were all kinds of things in your life and he talks about sexual sin was in your life and greed was, was in your life and, and lust was in your life and all, he just lists all these things. This is what was before. But now that Christ is your life, all of that is the old person and all of that is dead and the new you, the new you in the new year is Christ hidden in you. He is your life. He goes on in verse 12 and says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Now, we either read that and say, that's the way things are supposed to be, or we say, that's what I want to be connected to. We could say presently, oh, yeah, that, that's, the, that's what God wants. That's, that's what God says. And we kind of think almost like it's a fairy tale, like it's impossible. Oh, yeah, we want to live in peace and harmony, but are you connected to peace and harmony? Is your life filled with anxiety? And is your life filled with, with, with pressures and stresses that come from what you're reaching for? The goals that you've set, 
Not that they shouldn't be difficult. Not that they shouldn't be uh, challenging and obtaining. But do they rule your life in such a way that what you're connected to is all the things that won't last? If you think about it, nothing that we're actually shooting for is going to last beyond our life outside of the love spiritually that we have connected other people to. The only thing I can take with me to heaven is the people I've invested in and helped get to heaven. I can't take my money. I can't take my Texans jersey. I can't take my Spurs jersey. I can't take my dog. I can't, well, maybe you can take a dog. I'll have to ask Jesus about that. But maybe my dog. I don't know about my wife's dog. But my dog's much better behaved. Again, I can get away with that because she's not here today. He was essentially saying, you and Christ in you are supposed to get into this world. This world is not supposed to keep getting into you. There's supposed to be an understanding that what you're really shooting for, what the goal is, what you're really connected to, and and without actually saying, here's a formula for how you keep this happening in your life and how you make this happen, he basically gives us a formula. I just want to read this to you. It goes on in verse 16. Same thing, Colossians chapter 3. Here's what he says. Verse 16, let the message about Christ in all of its richness fill your lives. I want you to see this. Let the message about Jesus. Another, another way he says this is let the, the, the message of Jesus or let Christ dwell in you richly. A dwelling place. When, when there's a difference between going somewhere and dwelling somewhere, right? You ever invite anybody in to move in with you and you think they're going to be there for a little while and then they stay longer than you intended and you're kind of like, you said you were coming over for a week and it's been three weeks and I love you in Jesus' name, but you got to go and, Right? Or somebody said, I'll just come over for an hour. And then eight hours later, they're still there. Say, the game was over four hours ago, bro. You ate all the chips. There's nothing, nothing left. I got to go to bed. I got to get to work in the morning. Right? There's a difference between dwelling with Christ and, I'm just saying that in case I invite you over to my house, there's a time limit. Just so, just so we have that understanding. There are unspoken things in relationships that keep relationships strong and healthy. Right? If I yawn or stretch, if, oh, man, it's getting late, bro. Well, yeah, that, that means it's time to get up and get on moving, all right? Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. I'm having fun with you all today, right? You know what he's saying there? He's saying this, point one, stay connected to Christ. Stay connected to Christ. Don't, don't just allow the message to be present in your ears for a seat to be warmed on a Sunday or even a, a, a song on the radio to pass through the speakers and maybe, maybe stir you in a way that, oh, emotionally, it gives me the warm and fuzzies. That's great. Stay connected to Christ. Because warm and fuzzies come and go. Churches come and go. People come and go. Pastors come and go. Stay connected to Jesus Christ. He's saying, let Jesus be your everything. Don't let him just be present in a sense that that you know he's there, but be connected to him. Dwell with him. Be connected to this message of freedom and grace and mercy and love that has been poured out into your life. Stay connected to that. Stay connected to Christ. This new covenant I've given you, this new start I've given you, this liberation from shame and guilt and performance, let that fill you instead of everything else. He's saying stay connected to Christ. Then he goes on next in the next verse and he says this. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. 
teach and counsel each other. So, so here's the formula. He's saying first, it starts with Christ, right? It, it, it doesn't just start with, with, with coming to church. If, if you come to church or, 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 or go to a group or join a team or you're with me, but you're never connected to Christ, you've put the cart before the horse. It, it starts with Christ, you letting that message dwell in you. And he says, teaching counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. What's he saying there? He's saying, stay connected to godly relationships. Stay connected to godly relationships. Build relationships into your life and sow into them and let them sow into you. Now, this is where the rubber meets the road for a lot of people because the first part about staying connected to Christ is what everybody loves to hear and everybody loves to talk about this second part, but a lot of people don't really do that second part. And I've pastored people for a long time, and it's much easier to say man, amen about being connected to godly relationships than it really is to put yourself in a vulnerable position to be in relationship with people, to bear your soul, to, to do life with people, to not just be like, dude, did you see that game yesterday? Oh, my God, he's going to get fired. They're going to fire him. They're going to... The coach is going to get fired. What do you think they need to do next year? You know, they need to do that. And to spend every Sunday catching up with people. About where I've seen people do that for years. And then they wonder 15 years later after they've been in church, if they've been in here, why? And I'll tell you why. Because they treated church like a social club. They treated church like a volunteer opportunity. Now, we say volunteer, but when we volunteer, we're actually serving We're serving the cause of Christ. We're serving people. We're not just, I want to feel good about myself, so I volunteer. No, we know we've been bought with a price, and now we are sharing that love of Jesus to a lost and broken world. We're not just trying to make ourselves feel better. We're trying to serve a purpose that's greater than ourselves. We're trying to serve the cause of Jesus Christ, right? God-centered relationships keep you connected to God-centered priorities, Man, I'm telling you, this is why we're doing this on, on, on Saturday, 9 a.m. I'm getting the men together. I, I want our men to have God-centered relationships so they can keep God-centered priorities. Most of the time when men mess up, and we mess up at times, and the, the reality is we weren't connected to God-centered relationships. Because a God-centered relationship will check you on fantasizing with sleeping with the person that you've been fantasizing about at work. Because a God-centered relationship will say, your marriage is valuable. Tell me about this whole thing at work. What's the work situation like? Anybody there that's going to mess up your marriage? Well, they did just hire this girl about six months ago. And, you know, now that I think about it, man, just I don't know where my mind has been going. That's what happens for men. And here's the thing, they're not bad, they're not evil, they're staying faithful, they're paying their bills, they're loving their wife. It's the enemy tempting people and men not being men enough to step out of that and say, I'm not a little boy anymore, I've got to step into God manhood and not be a victim to childlike temptations. I could be aware of them, but I'm not going to be victim to them forever. And I'm going to step into my manhood and my God-centered relationships and with a band of brothers, I'm not going to be taken out like other people I know, by the grace of God. Not because I'm perfect, not because I'm better than anybody. Kings fell in the Bible, so obviously I can fall too. People who God said they're anointed, they are chosen for a generation to lead a people, 
This is the one after my own heart. If he can mess up, I think we're in trouble. If we think we can't mess up. God-centered relationships will keep you from fantasizing about getting revenge on people who hurt you. Because the moment you start foaming at the mouth, they'll check you on the bitter tone that's coming from your lips. And the rage that tends to sound, I actually like that. I actually like when I sound, and I go a bit over the, y'all can never imagine that I would actually do that, right? That I would just go a little bit too far maybe with my emotions. But it is good that I have a wife that will check me on that. I say, that sounds like it's gotten into your heart and is bearing some bad fruit. Be quiet, woman. God-centered relationships will keep you connected to God-centered priorities. Instead of fantasizing about what you're going to say to them and what you're going to do and, and about quitting everything. That's another thing. If you're still fantasizing about quitting your season, quitting where God has placed you, quitting where God has positioned you. And I am not talking about transitions in life where God is, is moving you and, and maybe it's time to leave a job or a situation. I'm talking about the, the rage inside you that makes you want to quit the things that God has blessed you with to quit the kids, to quit the family, to quit the, the source of income because you don't like what's happening. And instead of God growing you, you're just trying to uproot yourself. A plant that I uproot from every single pot is never going to get strong roots. Every church you uproot yourself from, you tear out the roots of the relationships you established. And there's only so many times you can blame it on the pastor and blame it on the people and blame it on the church and blame it on the drive and blame it on before you say, okay, who are the God-centered relationships that can actually check you on why you're even leaving? I'm running out of time. Number three, sing hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. What he's saying there is stay connected to worship and stay connected to gratitude. Stay connected to worship. Stay connected to gratitude. You can't complain and live a life of worship. You can't spend all week complaining and then come in here and you wonder why everybody else has their hands raised and why you're just kind of like, now for some of us, we may not have been churched and maybe we don't feel as expressive. I'm not, I'm not talking about us growing into a, an understanding of worship or, or a theology of worship. I'm talking about the condition of our spirit where the words are just words. Where when I say he is life, doesn't even register and it just goes over our head. Or again, it's more like a fantasy of, wow, that, that's, that's, a good, that's a good thought. That's the way it should be. No, that, that's what God wants to connect to your life, to you and I, right? He's basically saying, sing your heart out to God and worship him with a grateful heart. Here's the last point. Whatever you say, whatever you do, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. He's saying, stay connected to your influence. Stay connected to the position of influence that you have. Stay connected to the witness that you are to a world. Stay connected to that. Don't lose yourself in what the world is trying to pull you into, but sustain yourself worship, through staying connected to Jesus, through, through godly relationships, through, through relationships that will facilitate life in you. This is why we encourage every single person in Grace Avenue Church, because I can't pastor everybody. We say, if you really want friendships, if you really want to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
there's only so much I can do. Find a connect group or find a team to serve on. And when you find that group of people, that's where your growth is going to happen. If you never serve anyone else, how are you exemplifying that life? If you never share your life with anybody else, all the one another's in the Bible, how can your life grow? How can you do that? What is said, teach and counsel each other. How can you share? What if the very story that you have of the greatest pain in your life is the thing that could set someone else free or set someone else on course from not making the decisions that you made? It's in you. How much of what Paul is saying here resonates with what is operating in your life? How much of what Paul said here are you connected to? For 2017, you know, you might, you might have a lot of goals this year. A lot of what you want to connect to and whatever you set your heart on is going to connect you to that thing. But think about this. The seed of opportunity can only grow in the soil of commitment. The seed of opportunity can only grow in the soil of commitment. And what you're committed to, what you're connected to, what you're locked into, that seed can grow if you allow God to water that thing and grow that thing. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you that you are a God that isn't just present. Lord, you are a God that's connected to us. Connected to us through a covenant that you made with your life and your blood. A covenant that sets us free and gives us new hope and gives us new life and gives us new opportunity. Lord, this morning, we want to not just be in your presence. We want to be connected to you in your presence, We want to touch the hem of your garment, Lord, as the woman did to be healed. Lord, we want to see with new eyes as the blind man did. Lord, we want to be healed from our afflictions as those who were racked with diseases, God. Healed from the things that try to destroy us physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Lord, for every evil influence raining down upon people's lives this morning, Father, I thank you that right now you're providing a way of escape. You're providing the keys that would free them from the captivity and the bondage that they're in. Lord Jesus, this morning, by the name of Jesus, I speak freedom over every captive heart and mind today, Lord. That they would set their hearts and minds on things above. That this wouldn't be another wasted year or another wasted relationship, another wasted opportunity, Lord. This would be... A year of abundance in their life because they are connected to the things that matter the most. They're connected to you. No more plugging into the wall and finding out that we didn't charge and we didn't power up. That we went through another season and there was no connection. Lord, this is the year. This is the different time. This is the different season that we step into by faith. And we say, God, do what is acceptable in your sight in our life. Or they want to keep their heads bowed for just a second, their eyes closed. I want to ask you this morning, wherever you are in your spiritual life, wherever you are this morning in your walk with God, if you want a deeper connection, if you want a connection itself, and, and maybe, maybe this is a connection that goes beyond just being present, but this is something that really connects you in a way like never before. A way that really not just deepens the roots in your life, but nourishes the roots in your life. If that's you this morning, and I know it's all of us, I just want us to stand together. Let's stand together as a church. Come on, we want that. We need that. 
We're all part of that. We're all reaching for that. That's the ultimate goal. Come on, just wherever you are, just lift your hands to God and begin to cry out to him from your own heart, in your own way, from your own spirit. Lord Jesus, connect me to the things that matter most. Keep my eyes focused on the things that matter most. Lord Jesus, keep me from not looking to the right or to the left at things that would distract me from the man I'm called to be, the woman I'm called to be, the child I'm called to be, the parent I'm called to be, the student, the leader, the business person, whatever I'm called to be, Lord, set my course, set my path straight. Lord, remove every influence that would pull me away. God, set me free from temptations and struggles and self-defeating habits that keep putting me back on the same road over and over again of defeat. Lord, today is the day that the Lord has made. Today is the day that you will set captives free. No longer will we be spending another year victim to the enemy's ploys and tactics, God. We will see them from a mile off. Lord, you'll give people discernment here. I pray spiritual discernment over every father and mother in this place to know what their children are going through to give them wisdom to speak in their life to give them the power to speak life and truth and grace lord give them the temperament to parent the way you've called them to lord we speak life over every person reaching for the goals in their life right now that are building their life lord keep them free from the love of money free from lust free from the things that would destroy them and make them strong in jesus mighty name and everyone said Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God a shout this morning.